what is a home service business that you would recommend based on all that experience? Look for something in your area that isn't being served well or is underserved that you are excited about and start there. You would think a company that does $30 million in revenue last year would have more than close to 700 reviews, but the reality is, is people are people. And even if they have an excellent experience with you, it's still begging them. We're talking to Randy Hurtado today. We're going to be talking about referrals, getting more of them, and probably a lot of other stuff, because I'm just getting to know Randy on this one. Um, and thanks for joining. Randy, feel free to talk about that or give a little background, either way. Yeah, no, we'll start with the background so people know who I am. I've uh, been in the industry now since uh, the end of 2015. Uh, the company that I'm a co-owner of now, our companies that I'm a co-owner now, uh, was originally started in 2009 uh, by my partner, Derek Tanner. That's where the DT came from originally. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I originally it started with the company uh, truth be told, as a secondary option, uh, I had a 24-year career in IT security consulting, which obviously has nothing to do with home services. Uh, my mom had four boys; three of them uh, were uh, three of them were in construction, and the final was a computer geek, which was me. And uh, ironically enough, years got uh, years went by, and I ended up in that uh, realm. So. Um, the genesis of my career in the roofing world is, uh, I was officing next to DT roofing and I was just being my usual, you know, extrovert self and going saying hi to my colleagues in in the hallway and DT roofing was one of them. I'd have lunch with Derek every once in a while and we talk business, we talk life and, um, yeah, the company that I was that had I had my largest contract through, they got bought out for a hundred million dollars, and they didn't need my services anymore. And uh, right around that time is when I really started to enjoy my conversations with Derek in regards to the roofing world, even though I knew nothing about it. Um, whenever he would give, you know, tell me some of his woes that he'd have in business, I understood business. I just didn't know the actual product that he was selling. And so what I would do is on uh, evenings and weekends, I would sell for him just so I could learn the, the industry to provide more value. Um, I was making you know good money doing what I was doing. So it really wasn't money motivated initially. Uh, but when I didn't have a career anymore, it certainly became that. Uh, it, it, came, I, it became my motivation as to uh, I, need, I need a job. So I started selling for him and that slowly uh, grew into running the sales team, growing the sales team, and shortly, probably a year and a half into going from a $1.8 million company to a $5 million company in that small amount of time, uh, it gave me the uh, confidence to ask for equity. And I had already just spent 18 of my 24 years in IT security helping a company grow to the point where they can exit for $100 million dollars and not seeing anything out of that. So I had learned a lesson there. And that was when you see something that you're a part of growing, that you're contributing to get in early as often as possible, because uh, otherwise you're going to be in the same situation in, you know, several years. And so I do wish kind of like, so one of my, our, our earliest clients eight years ago, 
um, was when I made his first website. And now that we helped him go from under 1 million to 10 million plus now. And kind of like wish I was like, ah, I kind of wish I was part of that a little bit more on the equity side. And now he's trying, you know, he's trying to get equity in us. You know, like it's funny back and forth. We've been just sniffing around each other for the whole eight years. Just like, should I be in your company? Should you be in my company? It's fun. Sure. It's fun. Um, it's, it's complex though, right? Having a business partner, you know, and like not having full equity. Like, uh, are you 50%? Sorry for asking into make no, questions. No, these are these, uh, full disclosure. Yeah, no, we're 50% all the way down. The only company we have that we're not equal partners is because we took on a third partner uh, in order to start the company. And that's Patriot Garage Door and Service. Um, we, we partnered with a gentleman in our area who knew the garage door business. Uh, yeah. Well, he understood the daily ins and outs of the installs and the product and what have you. He was going to start his own thing, approached us to find out if we would be a customer of his. We only worked with him ever, even though he was working with a different company and we liked him. Didn't really care for the company he was working for just because the back office stuff was always screwed up. You know, there's billing issues or what have you. And so when he approached us, you know, initially he wasn't looking for a partner. He was looking for a customer. And I just simply asked the question. I said, well, have you considered what that looks like? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, you have a lot of experience, but there's a lot that goes into starting a company. There's a lot of seed money that you're going to need to be relevant. You know, unless you just start the old fashioned way, word of mouth, that's it. And you just build from there, which is going to take three to four years to get there. I said, we have the customer base and the capital. You have the know-how. Why don't we partner and start a company? And uh, question for you, Randy. Like, so can you give me the quick, all the different businesses, types of home services you guys have? And then I know you got roofingreferrals.com as well, as well, which is like helping roofers get more referrals. But what are the home service businesses? Yep. So we have DT Roofing, which is a residential roofing company. We have DT Commercial Roofing Systems, which is our commercial roofing company. And I'll go into, if you'd like to, why we separate them, but I spoke about it on stage at the Roofing Process Conference. We have Kingdom Builders Construction, which is a home construction company. We do complete builds, remodels, additions, patios, pergolas, the whole outdoor experience, what have you. And then uh, we have Patriot Garage Door and Service and Precision Exterior Cleaning. And then the final is Guardian uh, Seamless Gutters. Yeah. So seven? So it's six. Uh, you got uh, one on there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I think you were adding. You were adding. Strong suit. Okay. You were adding. Will be seven. Okay. Cool. So cool. What's your, if you had to like? Sorry for the occasional speed round here, but if you had to choose one of those businesses, like, which one would you like? Like, for instance, for a guy like me, who I'm probably gonna have a home service business at some point, Randy. Like, wow. I'm probably I can't I can't see all this awesomeness and not want to like just do it a little bit more granularly someday maybe it won't be for 10 years 20 years but i'm probably going to have one right um what is a home service business that you would recommend based on all that experience um six home service businesses how would you what what home service business would you recommend if you if somebody was just trying to well truth be told that'd be like asking a father to choose his kids yeah. But if we're talking about just straight revenue. Well, let's say a random guy like me, like if you're just like giving somebody advice on the street. Yeah, I'd say start with something you're passionate about. Roofing yeah. was a passion, 
as I started to get into the industry, I really, it's because my, my prior life, corporate America was my customer. And so it wasn't uncommon for me to spend two weeks at the Pentagon with the Office of Secretary of Defense, you know, talking to a bunch of uh, Gov people about how to keep China out of the nation's infrastructure. Really, really boring conversations. Cool uh, final product, you know, because we were able to go in there and lock it down. But it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. I'm a people person. I love talking with people. And so as I started to dabble in the residential side, I really enjoyed dealing with individuals instead of the corporations. And so that's what really geeked me up. The roofing side is what was the platform that launched DT companies as a whole. So I'd say the answer would be, but the responsible answer would be, look for something in your area that isn't being served well or is underserved that you are excited about and start there because you can launch other companies from that. But like I spoke about at the briefing process conference, you can, you can tend to be a master of none because if you're out there trying to be everything to everyone under one company name, you tend to, and you know, this from a marketing standpoint, trying to get out there and SEO Randy's, you know, roofing, siding, gutters, you know, the even example I used from the stage, fried chicken and oil change. It's like nobody's getting their oil changed by that dude because he has no identity. He's trying to be everything to everyone. And so start somewhere where you can build. Yeah, I go there once just to see what the chicken was like. Right, right. And then you realize I use the oil from the oil changes to cook it. Just for a counterpoint to this argument, have you been to Fuel City in Dallas, the tacos at Fuel City? Oh, no question. There are some taco, there are some gas stations that have some amazing fries. Oh my God. If you haven't, I mean, if you haven't been to Fuel City and had tacos in Dallas, next time you're in Dallas, sneak over to this little gas station kind of in the armpit of the city. Mm -hmm. Just Google Fuel City tacos, I think, and then you'll, and just get like six of them. I'll have to try that. Yeah, and like I, I'm just telling the audience, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Randy's already, you've already had these, right? Like, or you have no, those. no you're speaking to me just as much. You gotta, have, I'm sure. Here's the thing, too, Minnesota boy down in Texas, like all the tacos were way better than any, everything we have. So you got to take it with that grain of salt. But like, yeah, you guys have way better tacos than us. And I'm just thinking about those Fuel City tacos, right? Every time I go. Like people are like trying to go to fancy restaurants and stuff. Like, like if I'm down in Dallas, I'm like, okay, well we at least have to stop at fuel city. Yeah. So anyways, that's a side note, but most, most oil change places are not going to have good. No, it's a great mindset. And you're right. From an SEO perspective, having a focus on your website with a tight level of services and, and trying to be famous, that brand is famous for it too. I've also seen the same, and I, I keep talking this on, about this on the roofing podcast, but like as we try to add on plumbing and HVAC as our, I have separated out my personal brand, which is weird, to Tim Hook. But the whole thing is, is like, I know the most important question in marketing is who is it for? Yeah. And for me, who is it for is different in this second, you know, vertical. Right. So it's like understanding your audience and really getting that dialed in. Right. I mean, you have too many services on one website. You could essentially 
let's say you did like a DT Home Services suite and it was all on one website. The tough part. That website does exist. It's called the DTCompanies.com. Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like it certainly in many cases can be much harder to rank because yes. you've got this, um, you know, diverging interests. Like it, there's, it's also in the consumer's mind. Well, the way we use that page is it, it, it just displays the various companies. And when you click on DT roofing, it takes you to DT roofing's website. Yeah, and you're probably not trying to SEO that. that not website. at all. It's like a, that's a holding company kind of style thing. This, Correct. It's beautiful. It just kind of like then shows people like your suite of. Yeah, it is the, it's the perfect balance of we are both a company that is trying to serve multiple verticals while being individual companies serving that vertical well. And so like it's and this is how we know in our in our particular uh, region if we're doing our job correctly in our, in our County every year, which is about 50,000 people we have, it's called the best of hood County. Right. And every year the local big newspaper does uh, a beauty contest. Basically who's your favorite plumber. Who's your favorite electrician. Who's your favorite roofer over the last four years, since we've been doing this DT roofings, one top roofer Patriot garage door and services, one garage best garage door company. Kingdom Builders Construction has either won it or been runner-up in the uh, construction uh, division. So our companies, we're, we're doing it as if those are our only companies. So each one of our companies has their own staff. There's very few employees in our company that are cross. And like our CFO, obviously, she handles all everything money-related for all of our companies. Our comptroller. Um but our like our office staff, when you walk in uh, to the front door, you have DT roofing over here, Patriot garage door over here next door, the suite, cause we own the building that we're in. So we have two suites in it and then we have tenants in the other locations and right. kingdom builder construction is next door and they have their own staff. And so um, it, it's important to do that because one, when you're looking at separate books, you know, if you should be doing that or not. Sometimes you get into something out of passion, but realize you're not great at it. And so you need to stop feeding that beast and keep that money tied up in the businesses that are actually businesses and not just really expensive hobbies. Um, and so, yeah, that's essentially what we've done is we've, uh, it, we've set ourselves up to, we built DT roofing to be the local 11 years in a row voted best roofer. Everybody knows DT roofing. So then as we started to launch new companies, it was Kingdom Builder Construction, a DT company. Everybody knows that DT logo. And so Patriot Garage Door and Service, a DT company. Precision Exterior Cleaning, a DT company. And so it allows us to, um, it gives us permission to go to our customer base and say, if you like that experience, check us out over here without trying to be everything to everyone under one name. And without like, you know, talking even about revenue, the fact that you guys have 600 plus five-star reviews is pretty, it's like, a, it's telling about the scale. Mm -hmm. I think five-star reviews and the quantity of reviews, it's like to be able to do the amount of business to get over 500 reviews kind of shares a little bit of scale. Yeah. Um, it's actually really hard. People think that, you know, 
you would think a company that does $30 million in revenue last year would have more than, you know, close to 700 reviews. But the reality is, is people are people. And even if they have an excellent experience with you, it's still begging them. Can, hey, I still haven't seen your review, you know? And so, yeah. and, and then of course, you know, you're always going to have every once in a while that customer you could never please no matter what you did. And so you don't expect a review from them if they do give one. Um, but That's an extraordinary amount of reviews. That wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. No, I was actually, that was more of an encouragement to somebody watching this going, man, I'm only at 300. I'm like that 300 is a lot of reviews because it's difficult to even get customers that are happy. Um, I actually did a little blurb for you on one of your videos when you talked about reviews and, uh, and I shared that a lot of folks think that the only people that they can ask for reviews from are people they exchange dollars with. And it's yeah. absolutely a misnomer. What is Google? What is a Google review? It's a review of that company, right? So if I go to a church and then I give a Google review to that church, I didn't exchange any dollars with them, but I'm giving, hey, when I walked in, I was greeted. I love the assortment of donuts and coffee and the pastor brought the message. That's a review, right? I didn't give any money towards that. And so you don't, you, you can, you know, in our company, it's not abnormal for us to ask for reviews from someone. We just went out and did a free roof inspection where there was nothing wrong with the roof. Ask for a review. They're, they're giving you, a, they're writing out their experience of your company. Um, same with our subs. We ask our subs, like, hey, if you like working with us, and we wait until after a year or so, the relationship's really strong. Can you mention what it's like to work with us as a sub? Because when a customer, a prospect is looking at that, they see this, um, you know, it's not just customers that are good. It's like, I use this company for all of my real estate inspections and they are Johnny on the spot. And they're seeing an eclectic uh, uh, collection of various people types that are using and interacting with us and are, uh, and are happy. So Rilla allows you to listen to, uh, it's, in your, it's an AI in your pocket, listen yeah. to the appointment. It's pretty crazy what it can do. It gives a script, gives everything they said, it breaks down some statistics for you. Analyze talk ratio, interactivity, like how you and I are interacting back and forth, uh, long as yeah, modeling, like all those honestly, things. this is the shit that I most believe in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're about to put math yeah. and data around something that used to be my magic skill. Absolutely, and I, you know, there's levels to service, right? Like first level, happy, happy, fine. You know, like let's say good. Then there's like review level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna advocate for them a little bit. Right. And there's five star, um, you know, like even further than that, maybe like a video testimonial or something, mm -hmm. right? Like, and then like, we've got referrals. Yeah. Like, I like, God, I'm so incredibly grateful this past couple of weeks. We've just had a bunch of client referrals for us. And like, it means the world to me because we work our butts off. And sometimes this job is thankless. People hate marketers, but like, God, it feels so good when you get a referral as a business from another customer, right? It's it, 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 and, and there's other people that can refer you and we can get more referrals. And, and it's, it's almost like, Everyone wants to live off of referrals. I, no, I mean, no one really wants to do marketing. Everyone wants it to be, just be like natural. I, I'm a freak of nature. I, I love marketing. For some reason, it's fun to me. Even if 
y'all, my customers flooded us with referrals. I will market my butt off because it's so fun and I'm a practitioner. I'm going to market hook like hard. You haven't noticed, right? But like the question is, is there really systems that we can put in place to create more referrals on a regular basis? Are there really systems? Yeah. Or, or do we just have to wait? Right. So the root behind the word referral implies that there was a relationship to begin with. And we, I learned that a long time ago. When I got into the roofing world, one of the benefits of getting into an industry you've never been in before and really don't have any experience is utilizing uh, tools that you used in prior jobs, right? And in my prior world, LinkedIn was a huge tool for me. I'd go out and I would prospect in LinkedIn, build these relationships with CIOs, with uh, IT security directors, you know, people that were my end customers. And not only would I end up selling them my solution, but they would send their buddies my way too, because they want for their buddy that does their job at a different company, what they got out of it. And so a lot of my business was referral work. Yeah, the company would feed me opportunities that I would chase, but a lot of the time my funnel was full of referral customers. You know, sometimes the referral was, you know, a guy who was with one company that we implemented our solution and then he moved to a different company and got his boss over there to call me to, you know, and so it's constant revenue. How good does that feel? That's the best feeling. And it's, yeah. from, and it's from relationships. And, and yeah. that's actually what generated our um, roofing uh, roofing company-centric product that has nothing to do with our consumers, which is roofingreferrals.com. It was, this, this solution is a, a culmination of years of success that we have had building relationships with real estate agents, insurance agents, and property managers so that we become their sole source for everything roofing. And so, so I know that the temptation will be to go into the product details here. Yeah, no. Can you give us like 10 minutes on like the, the principles that people can apply, even if they don't use your product? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, I want to make sure that we're providing value, even if they don't make a purchase. And I think yeah, if you do provide value, they're more likely to want it, but yeah. And one, one thing that our customers would tell you is that their first interaction with us generally is a, a long call with me on the phone where I basically tell them all the secrets and then I tell them and then I follow it up at the end with, if you're interested in seeing this in action, I'll set up a demo with Ryan and he'll take you through the actual product. But I do that already. So I'm happy to share, you know, what it is that, that, that creates this program. And that is, for example, real estate agents. Most of the time a roofer's interaction with a real estate agent, is a text or a call where they're super excited, not good excited, but fired up and, and worried because a home inspector just got off of a roof for a house that they're either trying to sell or buy uh, with their client and something came up on the roof, you know? Uh, so they send over the report, option periods up in three days, need you guys to get out there and inspect the roof. Well, now everybody's fired up, right? And, and in some cases, it really gets the buyer concerned because they read issues with the roof and they know roofing, HVAC, and foundation, top three things that you need to worry about when you're buying a new home. And so we get out there, we do the inspection. You know, Most of the time it's like, yeah, the counter flashing is supposed to look like that. The home inspector doesn't know what he's looking at. 
you're good. Um, <clears throat> what we did was, is we learned early on, and like I said, not, not being in this industry, I went back to my core, was create a value for these individuals where you're part of their process instead of just being a response to um, an emergency. And so what we would do is we train our local realtors to get us involved early and often instead of when their hair's on fire. So the example I just gave, have that realtor reached out to us prior to listing the property and made us part of the process. Hey, I need you. Yep. I'm getting ready to list it. It's going to go up on MLS on, on Monday. Uh, today, my roofer is going to get out there to take a look at the roof, make sure the home inspector doesn't find something that scares a prospective buyer. Seller is going to be all for that, right? Because they don't want to scare buyers. And um, then we're going to give them one of three responses. Either there's nothing wrong with the roof, uh, some general maintenance needs to be done to give this the DT thumbs up, or it's hail damage, wind damage, whatever the seller needs to file a claim. So... When we started doing that and changing the realtor's process, one, we started getting a lot more calls because they're like, man, this guy is just, he's not charging me for this and it's part of his, part of our process. But we started getting a lot more roofs from it because we would find hail damaged roofs that the homeowner didn't even know it was damaged because they weren't home at five o'clock when the hail fell. And what would you say, what would you say to those people that kind of like hate the realtor leads? <laughs> oh, then you're, send them to me. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not, you're, you're sleeping on Why do you think some people do? Why do you think some people kind of hate that? It's their mindset. One, they haven't seen the relationship through the first few interactions with that realtor are going to be purely transactional with that realtor. But as soon as they have an experience, when they've experienced your roofing company, the way you guys do stuff, and you've even taken it to a level where you, uh, saved that deal and they made commission off of it. Now it becomes slowly a relationship. Randy's helping me out. He's helping yeah. me feed my family and what have you. So you have to give a few interactions with each realtor for it to truly be an experience that they're worth. It's to them, it's worth, you know, investing in more of a relationship than just this transactional roofer that I call every once in a while. There's not like, okay, I'm just being cynical. Yeah. For, for the sake of the audience, I hope, uh, there's not just some realtors that kind of abuse the relationship. But think about where, where they would abuse it. So uh, abuse it. So they call Randy and say, Hey, I've got another roof that I need you to inspect. Maybe the last five I've inspected, there was nothing wrong with it. All I'm asking for is an opportunity to find out, uh, find business for myself. So if the fact that they'll call me every single time means that eventually statistically, I'm going to get a roof eventually from this realtor. Now multiply that times dozens and dozens and dozens of realtors. I have a sales guy. He did almost $4 million this year in our last year in revenue. Hmm. We have what in our, in, in our, and it's probably not unlike most roofing companies. We have self-generated leads, which are leads that they generate themselves. We pay better on those commission wise. And then we have company generated leads. Those are leads that are generated by the company off of billboards, truck wraps, uh, Google business, whatever the case is, the lead was generated by us. So when we assign that to the round robin, which is just a list of all the salesmen in order, um, we don't pay as well on those because those cost us money. So we have to pay for those, right? I have that guy that did my the highest in revenue last year takes himself off a of round robin most of the year hmm. because he doesn't want to waste his time 
chasing down the company generated leads because he has so many realtors and insurance agents contacting him yeah. daily to go and inspect right. another roof, another roof. Another. So they're creating his funnel and he gets paid better on those. Sorry to be kind of, I'm, I'm always, just so you guys know, like I'm always a little bit rapid on these because I'm assuming we have, I kind of try to make these like 30, 40 minutes. I, I feel like I know that I cut people off sometimes. I'm just talking to the audience. I do it partly because I'm just keeping it moving along because then it's 30, 40 minutes. It's truck time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about trying to make it truck time so that somebody's going, you know, across town and they can listen to this and then be done um, and get value out of it. So yeah. I'm trying to keep it valuable. So that's my tone and my, the reason I do that sometimes I know some people hate me for it, but because I get the comments. They're like, why are you cutting that guy off? He's brilliant. I know they're more brilliant than me. I understand. I'm just keeping it quick. So if you had to install systems at a new roofing company for referrals, would realtors be one of the first things you'd go after? Would that be the top tier? I mean, if I was only, if I was only given one, but no, I'd go after those three because. So, so talk to me about the number two one. Let's go into number insurance two. Insurance agents. Okay, and then what is your system for that? Like, what would you recommend, even if they didn't buy your guys this course so the biggest the biggest issue people do, and i'll keep this quick is they go in they're like hi mr insurance agent here's my cards if you have any customers that have any roofing needs give me a call i'd love to partner with you and they're like thank you so much and then you walk out and they toss your cards in the trash or just leave them up there until they inevitably get thrown away our, our difference is we go in and we say how many times have you written a policy three months later a pea-sized hail storm comes through you know dang well that didn't do any damage to roofs, but now you have people that you just signed a policy for three months ago filing a claim and you're stuck with replacing the roof. Why is that the case? Because you never knew that roof had damage to begin with. Insert us into your process and while you're writing new policies, let the new policy prospect know, I'm gonna send my roofer out, he's gonna inspect your roof, make sure we're good to go, and then we'll go ahead and sign on the dotted line. A lot of the time what happens, yeah, a lot of time what happens is we'll get out there, there's damage on the roof, we get the homeowner to file a claim with their existing insurance company because that's who should be replacing it in the first place. That's where the damage happened under their guard. Get them to replace the roof. Now we deliver that customer right back to the insurance agent with a nice red bow and say, here's a new, here's your customer with a brand new roof. Now your policy you are writing can be more aggressive because the risk score is way lower. Now write the policy. Now they love us because we just gave them their customer that they were going to sign uh, with a brand new roof now. And so they keep calling and they're part of our process. We're part of their process. Now I'd, I'd uh, be remiss not to mention that part of the reason why our program works and why we turn it into a company is because of the application that we deploy. We, each customer has their own branded app that they have in the uh, insurance agent or real estate agent's phone that they just submit the request for the inspection through the app, hit submit, mm -hmm. it comes right to Randy. Because yeah. when they're registering, they choose who at the company they want to work with. It comes right to Randy. Randy gets a notification. I go out there, do the inspection, do the entire inspection through the app, submit it back to them with the video, pictures, everything. It makes the process seamless too. And then Randy, I pay them. You gave me my 10 minutes on the, the referrals thing. So yeah. you can feel free to talk more about the app. Well, what's the third one again? And what, what makes your guys' process special? So the third one is property managers which property managers are tasked with making sure that their customers' properties are uh, managed and maintained. And so whether it's at the stage where a storm just came through and they need, you know, they, they'll send us like 
10 different requests, 10 different addresses. Hey, inspect all these roofs and tell me if there's anything wrong with them. Then they get these nice polished reports back that they can then put on the file for their customer showing their property owner that they're doing their due diligence after a storm. Um, but then we also get those roofs too, because we're like, yep, this one's hammered. This one must've been on the side of town that got really big hail because this one is fine. As you can see, no damage. Um, they, they're able to keep, uh, a, a file on that house on damage. And so they'll have us out like once a quarter just to do general inspections because they know we're not going to nickel and dime them on repairs. If there's just a couple of exposed nail heads, we're going to take our caulk out of our uh, truck and seal those nails and no, no, no charge because it's the relationship we're after. We're not, a lot of guys will either completely ignore a customer because it, because the customer called in and said, I have a repair right? Never let a customer diagnose what's wrong with their house. That was a mistake that was making being made when I first came on was we would send our repair guys out to a customer that said, my turbine blew off my roof. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's great. It's a nice little $450 repair. But you think that repair guy is going to get out there? And as he's traversing the roof to get to that turbine to replace it and seeing all the hail damage, he's going to say anything to you? No. Because he doesn't make any money off that repair if he tells you the roof is damaged. So he's just going to do his repair and get on to the next one. So we changed our process to a salesperson, a project manager, has to be the one to go and initially engage the customer, determine if what the customer called for is the only problem. And if it is, then they take it from there. But if it's a damaged roof, then they'll go ahead and tarp that area and then walk the customer through the insurance claim process. And so, you know, there's a lot of little things that if you just change your process a little bit, tweak it here and there, you see a huge benefit in the revenue side. So you talked about the property manager saying, how about from existing customers? Do you have any like key insights for getting more referrals from existing customers? I feel like if you did these four things well like you get and like this is endless referral you might actually make 30 million dollars in revenue in a year yeah yeah you know so this that's actually what i've talked to our early adopters with that program you know one of the questions that we received was well how are your other customers doing i'm like to be honest with you we have at the time i was like we have a dozen customers and they're still onboarding but I can tell you, we created this program. There was 8 million reasons why I created this program because in 2023, $8 million of our revenue of our 30 million in revenue came from these three people, these three people types. So I know it works. It's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, you know, potential. It could, I know it works. It's just, just to round out the topic of endless roofing referrals though. Give me. Yeah. So you, me you asked me how existing customers. So, so you asked how uh, we would get property managers to create more referrals beyond. Well, one, every new property that they acquire under their management is now a customer of ours. And then two, people tend to know people in their industry. Like right? mm -hmm. um, my garage door company serves other roofing companies, right? Because I know those roofers locally and they respect me. I respect them. So they don't have a problem buying garage doors from Patriot. Referral referrals from competitors so we're just covering this topic of referrals just thoroughly referrals from competitors that's real that's a real source for I, and i get construction referral too from another builder who says i'm way overwhelmed call kingdom builder they'll, they'll take care of me as well as i would uh, care of you as well as i would have 
It's, not, it's relationships. It really is. Relationships and communication. Those are the two keys to a benefit, uh, to a business being successful. This is a subscription to knowledge, the most in-depth knowledge that you can find in our industry. We're spending the money to make sure that our production value is so high that you'll actually absorb the information and feel like you're getting something premium at the Building Experts Institute. Do you ask customers when they're like after they leave a review or anything or to give to, if they give you a review? I want to I want to just note one of the best things I ever heard about this is, is this, uh, I think it was a manager at, at Monarch. And um, I was at a Reva event with Mark Godare and Martin and yeah. Martin Pettigrew. I'm grateful that they work with us and they've worked with us for several, uh, more than a couple years now. Great guy. But it was a video of Cody, who's now a manager there, but he was a salesperson at one point And he, uh, I don't remember the last time, but he, he's talking about getting referrals and he's like, I don't want to just, he's there, they, they get pumped up over there. They're like, they're like that kind of like, yeah. they're so cool. And he's like, I just, I don't want to just punch the bag, punch the opponent. I'm going to punch through the bag to like, he's talking about punching through the bag, not just satisfying the customer. Yeah, not just getting five star reviews, but punching through the bag, and getting three reviews or three to get, to get referrals. So yeah. I'm I'm not gonna do just do such a great job selling this customer, making them trust me and love me, but I'm gonna make them want to refer me. Yeah, like there. Then another one, Grant Cardone says it this way: is like I want you to want to hire me. Yeah. I don't want to just sell the, like, like if I'm the salesperson on, you know, selling marketing services, and I think roofing salespeople could do this too. Is like, I want that, that customer to be like, how do I fucking hire Tim Brown to like market me somehow? Right. Like, I think that that is a really good mode. To well, you have to start. Um, so the statistic I shared at the conference, the recent conference was, uh, and this was something that uh, somebody else came up with, but it, it, I think it was, I learned it through sales transformation group was 90% uh, of customers that are asked for a referral will give it only 11% are asked. Mm. We start the process of asking for referrals from the onset of our relationship with that customer. We, we set the tone from the very beginning that as we work through this process, we're going to be asking you for referrals. And so just be ready because that's how we built our business is off referrals. We're not ashamed to say that to them. Like that's, and so they, they know when we're at the signing process, start thinking about three people that you would send my way as you're going through this process and experiencing this. Then once the day that build day happens, you have, you have those three people that you'd recommend. We can take one now if you want or whatever. And then closing out, collecting the final check. All right. Who's three people that you can send my way, even if it's just for a free inspection or whatever. And so I have some guys that are really, really good at this, other guys that need to work on it. But referrals are one of the top three ways that we generate new business every year. I'm going to definitely remind our other salespeople too that we just got our second one. I'm so excited. That's so fun. It's fun to have. Growth is fun. fun. What's that? Growth is fun. Yeah, super fun. I, yeah, somebody told me back in the day, essentially it's like, if hey, if we knock it out of the park for you, on this project, like one, you're helping them imagine themselves in that position. Yeah. 
right? So not only do I want this sale, but as remember, as we knock it out of the park for you. Yeah. Not if. When. Yeah. yeah. You, would you be open to um, referring us? And for me, I also say like in the Facebook groups, like I'll I ask directly like, hey, and, and refer us um, in Facebook groups too when people ask. Like yeah. these are – it's part of us. And like, and I think that works for home services too. Like, Hey, if you're part of these Facebook groups, Hey, please refer us there too, because sometimes I'll get, somebody will give a well, like when we do an amazing job that somebody will give a well authentic testimonial in one of those Facebook groups in the comments and yeah. I'll get more than one lead from it. It's not just yeah. the person who asked. Well, and it's the, the psychology behind it is it's, it's not just the customer wanting to help you. That's nice. The altruistic reasoning behind that is nice, but what they're really trying to do is repeat the feeling they had when they work with you for their loved one, for their colleague, for the person that they care about that they would refer you to. So you have to almost ask yourself if at the end, they're not willing to at least give you one or two when you're asking for three, what could you have done better for their experience to be so stellar that they want other people to have that feeling, that experience? So I want to ask the audience real quick. If you had a great experience from this podcast, I'm going to ask a little different. If you got something from this that you're going to apply to your business this week, would you go to roofingreferrals.com and set up a demo with Randy for his product. I think that like what you're talking about, the principles are sound, very, very sound. And I think people, sh people should at least check out the product thoroughly. And um, Randy, how, how else can they be a part of this? And, and what are the first couple steps in your guys' sales process that they would go through? It's actually a very simple one. The first one I like to have is I personally am involved in the onboarding process. So I like, to have that initial conversation because my, my business partner on, for that company, Ryan Van Fleet, he is the, he's the implementer. He makes, makes sure that the customer, um, him and Christian onboard the customer from the standpoint of them saying yes. But because I'm putting my name on the line and saying, if you're investing in this solution, know that I'm saying it works. So if it doesn't, then it's on me. We have a, a Facebook page for our existing customers that they can go in and actually, hey, I, I was in front of a whole group of realtors today and this was an objection that I got. I'm in there going, yep, and this is what you need to say next time or call them back, text them back and say this because I'm actively involved in my sales team. I'm not in the field anymore because I'm working on the business instead of in it. I have an excellent VP of sales that takes care of our guys, but I always let them know, hey, if you guys are going to a realtor or for the first time or you're, you haven't been there in a while, bring me. I'd love to get in front of them and really just uh, pitch the concept of having a relationship with us that's not just a transactional thing, that our goals, your goals are our goals. We want to see that, that, uh, that house sell. We want to see that customer sign your insurance policy. Uh, we want you to be happy, your customers to be happy with your management of their property. Um, and all that is done through those relationships that they, they establish. You know, the one part I left out of the whole pitch is that they also get paid on the back end for sending us a lead or a referral that we end up putting a roof on. So that makes yeah. it a little like uh, Benjamin Morrow over at Roof Tiger says that made it a little makes it a little sticky, right? Because now not only is it a convenient, not only have I embedded myself into their process, created, given them an app 
so they can easily submit the request for it without waiting for a text back or a call back or whatever, especially when time is of the essence. But then also at the end of it, they're going to get paid. It's, it's a no brainer, you know? And so, yep. Well, thank you, sir. That's super cool. Note to end on um, podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social. Check us out and you guys check out Tim. Thank, thank you guys for hanging out. Yeah.